Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. From the red carpet arrivals to glamorous after parties, it's the most magical night of the year. Let's gamble on the Academy Awards. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. We are presented by FanDuel. This is your Oscars Best Bets episode with the 95th presentation of the Academy Awards taking place this Sunday night at the Dolby Theater in Los Angeles. Today's guests, two Oscars betting experts here at Action Network, Colin Whitchurch and Matt Remke, plus an additional best bet from our director of talent, Katie Rich Creek. That's coming up later at the end of the show. Quick reminder, I can understand that some of you might be like, when is the football talk coming back to this podcast? Understandably so. Our first NFL draft betting episode is coming. It's releasing Thursday morning which is tomorrow for our interest. Today's Wednesday. So dry your eyes. We'll have NFL betting talk every week leading up to the draft next month. We're going to talk Oscars today. As a reminder as well, the uh, Academy Awards betting preview with Chris Raybon and Colin Wilson dropped earlier in the week on the Action Network podcast. So if you need more, that's available too. Nine total best bets. We take a deep dive into the action, ripping right through. Colin Whitchurch, we will start with you, my friend. What do you got? Yeah, my favorite bet for probably the entire show is for best documentary feature. That is Fire of Love at plus 330. This is always one of the tougher categories to predict. We've got a pretty strong favorite this year in Navalny, but I think Fire of Love is a live underdog. The cinem- the uh, Film Editors Association gave out their annual awards just this past weekend, the Ace Eddie Awards, best edited documentary went to fire of love and the last eight times that the ace eddie award winner was also nominated for best documentary at the oscars that film went on to win best documentary now historically the best predictor of oscar success beyond that is the baftas the baftas have been right three of the last four years the baftas gave their award to Navalny. Last year, they gave it to Summer of Soul, which won Best Doc two years ago, My Octopus Teacher. They've aligned more often than not the last couple of years. The other documentary awards show that people kind of focus on are the IDAs, the Independent Documentary Association. That went to All That Breathes, which was kind of a shot because All That Breathes is, is even a longer long shot than Fire of Love. 
However, four times in the last 11 years, the best documentary at the Oscar has gone to neither the IDA winner or the BAFTA winner. It happened in 2019, 2017, 2013, and 2011. I think we get it again here in 2013. Ben Zausmer, the Oscar math guy, you might be familiar with him on Twitter. He writes every year, breaks down the math behind the Oscars. He gives Fire of Love a 31.6% chance of winning, which is just slightly behind Navalny's 34.3% chance. That odds imply Fire of Love should be plus 215. So plus 330 is great value. I think that this is a category ripe for an upset. So Fire of Love plus 330. That's my favorite Oscar bet of the entire show. Love it. Matt Remke, I'm looking forward to your pick because the angle you're taking, it almost has like my name in it, except mm-hmm. it's Gleason, not Glasheen. Yes. Go ahead. Yes, no. I mean, just I just want to get that out there to the people listening. Is is wait a minute? Is this guy actually involved in this uh, particular award show? Uh, that is not true, everybody. But go ahead, Matt. The fix might be in that something we'll never be able to know. I'm happy to make my Action Network podcast debut. Oh, talking, talking about movies. Talking about movies today, and um, I'm going to be focusing on some of the closer races we have at the Oscars. And my first one's going to be Best Original Screenplay, and my pick is going to be Banshees of Inner Sheeram at plus one hundred. Betting against favorites is very tough at the Oscars. People who know know that favorites dominate this thing. Over the past two years, favorites are thirty-eight and eight in all major award categories, and everything, everywhere, all at once deserves to be the favorite in this category. I'm not saying it doesn't. It's the most artistic, dramatic, and Oscar-worthy version of the multiverse story we've gotten lately. And but at the end of the day, the multiverse plot point is front and center and not one, but two of the comic book movie studios. It is Popcorn's favorite plot device. And they took a fascinating idea and told a fascinating story. Banshees of Inisherin, I think, had a more challenging task. They had a story about two guys, who, two grown men who simply don't want to hang out anymore. And they somehow made that incredibly fascinating. The whole movie feels like a trance because the conflict is weirdly childish, kind of stupid, actually. And it slowly becomes a deep-rooted emotional roller coaster. It's a close race here. I think Banshees, what Banshees did with simplicity is more impressive to me than what Everything Everywhere did with creativity. At Plus Money, I'm going to put my money in Ireland for this one. Okay, let's go back to Colin. What do you have for us, your second pick? Yeah, my next best bet is best original score, and it's all quiet on the Western front at plus 175. Babylon is actually the favorite here, and Ben Zosmer, who I mentioned earlier, gives it about a 30% chance of winning with all quiet checking in right behind it at 21.7%. This is actually a wide open race. Babylon again at 30%, all quiet 21.7. And then you have the Fablemans there at 19.3 and Banshees at 18.2. This is the one where the math doesn't necessarily add up. Plus 175 doesn't mesh with the 21.7% chance that all quiet is given by Ben Zosmer, but it's about against Babylon more than anything else because Babylon is only 30% chance to win as the favorite, but it's minus money favorite. I just don't think that makes sense. And in a wide open race like this, that means that an underdog is more likely to win. So I'm going to go with the most likely underdog, if that makes sense. All quiet on the Western front, plus 175. That's my bet there for best original score. Matt Remke, we haven't talked Black Panther yet. You have an angle on this particular film. Absolutely. This is where I'm in my pocket. This is where I'm in my zone talking about the MCU. I'm a child. This is my favorite 
type of movie. I've grown up with the comic book genre my entire life from the 90s to now. And to see Angela Bassett um, be nominated for Best Supporting Actress as Queen Ramonda in Black Panther Wakanda Forever already is such a win for the fan base. But my pick is Angela Bassett, Black Panther Wakanda Forever at plus 130. And, um, you know, the nomination's already so big, but what makes this special is the weight behind it. Um, the passing of Chadwick Boseman a handful of years ago was so sudden and so impactful. And, you know, speaking for the nerd community, leading into Wakanda Forever, the only thing we talked about was how are they going to make a sequel to one of the most important comic book movies ever made, but also pay an appropriate tribute to Chadwick Boseman. All the actors had a challenge with this. I think everybody handled it well, but you watch Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda in this movie. It's cathartic. It's it's a perfect blend of sadness and happiness, anger, acceptance. Somehow she was able to find the exact emotion needed to handle the challenge that was this movie and, and the emotional weight behind it. So um, I'm going to give her my nod here in a very close race because I think there's so much um, impact behind her performance this movie. And also she did it with the shoulders of a 2009 Dwight Howard. She is absolutely ripped in this movie and that alone gets her my vote. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Colin, you have another angle on All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, what would that be, my friend? Because you have another way of you can play this. Yeah, we're going back to the screenplay category. Matt talked about original screenplay earlier. I'm going to adapted screenplay, and this is probably the most fascinating category of the entire show, only because the top two contenders, All Quiet on the Western Front and Women Talking, haven't squared off at all in award season because all the different award shows have different eligibility rules for Screenplay nominations, every single award show before that, either one of them wasn't nominated because it wasn't nominated or one of them wasn't nominated because it was ineligible. The Oscars is a very strange animal with adapted screenplay with its eligibility for this. For example, any sequel is automatically an adapted screenplay, even if it's an original thought, because it's technically adapted from its original piece of work. That's why Top Gun Maverick is an adapted screenplay. That's why Glass Onion is an adapted screenplay. That's why Avatar would be an adapted screenplay if it had been nominated. However, going back to the original point, this is essentially a two-horse race right now because none of living Top Gun Maverick or Glass Onion has more than about a 5% chance of winning. This is women talking against All Quiet on the Western Front. And women talking has a ton of momentum right now. It won the USC Scripters Award this past weekend. It won at the Writers Guild. However... All Quiet wasn't nominated by the Writers Guild, and All Quiet won the BAFTA. The last time, I'm sorry, the last two times the Writers Guild and the BAFTA disagreed, which it did in this case, it went to the BAFTA winner. And I think that trend continues here. The BAFTA has correctly predicted the Oscars in each of the last five years and six of the last seven years, with the only exception coming in 2016. If the trend continues, the Oscars agree with the BAFTAs, All Quiet on the Western Front, has the momentum here. It's actually been moving in Women Talking's direction, so now All Quiet on the Western Front is plus 180, and I think there's good value there. One more from each of you. We'll go to Remke, and then we'll wrap with Colin, and then our special pick from Katie Rich Creek. 
Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go to best film editing and a little bit of a personal pick here for me, but I don't really care. It's Top Gun Maverick at plus 175 going back to the well, another underdog, another blockbuster. Again, the favorite here is everything, everywhere, all at once. And again, a very worthy favorite in this category. Um, my argument against it is actually really similar to my argument in the best original screenplay category. The idea of the multiverse lends itself to creative and fantastic editing the same way a biopic role lends itself to a best actor nomination um, one way or the other. I think Top Gun Maverick as an underdog here has a little bit of juice. Um, it just has such a big screen, big screen charm to it. And the editing plays such a role to that, uh, capturing the 80s vibes, being in the cockpit with all the pilots. But for me, it's it's the scene with Val Kilmer and it's the way that they have two iconic actors talking to each other. One of them can't even speak the way that they use the text on screen, letting both Cruz and Kilmer eat. Um, you know, like I said, a little bit of a personal pick just because I really do think the editing brings so much weight to this movie in a blockbuster kind of way i think this is one of the best sequels ever made i think this is one of the best action movies ever made and i want it to win an award this is my spot where i think it could maybe make some noise at plus 175 all right colin what do you got i've actually got two more picks here but i'll mm -hmm. roll through them real quick because they're both kind of boring math plays best cinematography for elvis plus 340 ben's osmer's oscar math gives it a 27.9 percent chance of winning which implies odds of plus 258 so plus 340 is good value the favorite there is All Quiet on the Western Front, a movie that I've talked about quite a bit already. It's minus 340, which would imply a 77% chance of winning, but it's only been being given a 48.4% chance of percent chance of winning by Ben Zausmer's model. I want you to keep in mind, I'll do a little bit of side here. I want you to keep in mind that when you're betting underdogs at the Oscars, you're not going to win as often as you lose. I think that's the case with uh, with any betting. Ben Zosmer's model correctly predicted the favorite in 19 of 20 categories last year. The favorite is going to win more often than not. However, this year's show is a little bit more wide open with favorites getting less than 50% odds to win. So that's why we're looking at a lot of underdogs here. The other underdog I'm looking at right now is Best Original Song, Lift Me Up by Rihanna at plus 430. I know Colin Wilson and Chris Raybon talked about this as one of their favorite bets the other day i am on board here despite the fact that i will be aggrieved and i will be devastated if natu natu does not win best original song because rrr and that song fucking rule natu natu's at 45.9 percent <laughs> based on zosmer's model but at minus 430 you'd expect it to be more around 80 percent of the time lift me up is obviously a more critical acclaimed song it's by rihanna everyone's familiar with rihanna everyone loves rihanna it's at 21, it's at 20.1% 20 by Zosmer's model, which implies plus 400. So there's a small edge there on the Rihanna song. I'll be sprinkling that while hoping I lose my money because I want to see RRR get the credit it deserves. So perhaps the Rihanna Super Bowl momentum is real here in the month of yeah. March. And again, as uh, Colin referenced, you can find the Academy Awards betting preview from Ray Bond and Colin Wilson on the Action Network podcast. Before we go, we now have Katie Rich Creek joining us here quickly with her favorite Oscars bet. Thanks, guys. My best bet for this year's Academy Awards is going to be in the Best Actress category. This is effectively a two-woman race between Michelle Yeoh from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once and Kate Blanchett for Tar, but the odds no longer reflect that. 
after they were both listed at minus money earlier this week, Yao is now the clear favorite at minus 140, and Blanchett is now at plus 105. From a totally subjective POV, I do believe Blanchett's performance was stronger than Yo's. Her character, Lydia Tarr, is not your typical villain, and Blanchett's masterful performance of her not only carries that movie, but forces the audience uh, to grapple with the vast gray area that most symbols of power exist within. Most are not all good, most are not all bad, and Blanchett's performance of Lydia Tarr makes it impossible to escape that truth. Now, Momentum is on Yo's side. She won Best Actress at the Screen Actors Guild's Awards uh, about a week ago, which is the last notable precursor before the Oscars. But the SAGs are not the most predictive for Best Actress at the Academy Awards. And I know that thanks to our friend Ben Zosmer uh, and the historical research he did for his book, Oscar Metrics, the more predictive show leading up to the Oscars for this award is the Golden Globes, which splits acting awards by drama and category. And Kate Blanchett won the more predictive of the two, i.e. drama. To be clear, she didn't beat Yo at the Globes. Yo was nominated in the comedy category, but Blanchett did win Best Actress head-to-head -head against Yo at the Critics' Choice and the BAFTAs. So between winning those precursors and the odds movement we saw earlier this week, this is ultimately a value play for me. This award is, as I mentioned, effectively a toss-up between the two. Blanchett was favored to win earlier this award season. Yo then leapfrogged her after winning at the SAGs. And now the distance between them on the odds board is too great for me to ignore, especially with Blanchett at plus money. Thankfully, Zosmer did release his Oscar metrics model this morning, which corroborates this prediction for me. He does have Blanchett winning nearly 53% of the time compared to Yo at only 26% of the time. So as far as I'm concerned, give me Blanchett at anything plus money. Okay, thank you very much, Katie. That will do it for us. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. For Colin Whitchurch, Matt Remke, Brendan Glasheen, everyone enjoy the Oscars on Sunday, the 95th presentation of the Academy Awards, Sunday night in Los Angeles. We'll be tuning in. Best of luck, and we'll join you next time on the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. All right, you've really made this a night to remember in every way. Now let's go party till dawn. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.